Hoody ho! Hey there, guys! We are back with episode 21. I think that's right. Yep. We are back. Yeah! And, um, this was a really good episode. I really enjoyed my friend Roxy. I mean, I still do, I should say. She is a, um, a wonderful person. Um, I, you know, met her a long time ago, and we bonded instantly. One of the only people in my entire life that I, like, met right away, and I just, like, I don't know, I had this weird interaction when I met her. And I had this, like, feeling as we were, like, talking, like, the first five minutes. I'm like, I'm going to be friends with this person. Uh, she was so friendly. And that's not really her in general, but she was that day. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I pick on her. She picks on me, but it's all out of love. Um, so I, I, I did say, because I always record the intros afterwards because I never know what's going to be said in the episodes and all that. So uh, I said in there that I was going to give you the origin of why I call her Bear. Now I will say I don't one hundred percent remember the whole. Sorry, bumped the mic. I don't remember the whole part of it. Um, bullet, stop rubbing against that box. I'm doing so good. So we've got to interrupt everything. Um, yeah, and this is gonna be a long episode, guys. I'm sorry. I just she's you know she has a story to tell, and I'm I'm gonna tell it. Um, I'm not gonna put it in two parts. I could, but nah, she deserves just let her have her episode. Anywho. <laughs> Um, so I call her Bear. We would get into these weird scenarios and just go back and forth. And one day, I think I told her her spirit animal was a koala. And that she has a very dull face. If you ever see, like, a koala bear, they're just like, ooh. Like, they just look sad and, you know, like, confused. And I told her that's what kind of face she has. <laughs> and, um... And, and, you know, and, and she, she sleeps all the time. Like, she has all these qualities of a koala. And my phone, and, and so I'd always call her, you know, bear or whatever the hell. And I remember getting a koala beanie baby to send to her for Christmas. And um, and I did, like, a, I got my own koala bear and it made it dance and twerk and said it was her and all that. And, um, but she, she, um... She took it well, and I just, like, this now to the point where, like, I don't even call her Roxy. I just call her Bear. Um, and when I do call her Roxy, it's almost like she's in trouble. Uh, but, you know, and I'm, so, I, I, like I said, I don't remember the whole story. I guess it's like, seven years ago. But I remember, so you could tell your phone what to call you. You know, so I said, Siri, call me T-Sugar. Now, T-Sugar is not my rap name. It's not some hood name or anything. It's just, I said I'd be her. Somehow she was a koala that was rescued from Australia, and I had her adopted by a black family. Um, and she, you know, she was, a, she was uh, rescued from Australian poachers. And so I had her adopted to save her. And then I became her friend who was a sugar glider. Uh, and so they, that's where tea sugar comes from. I don't know. I don't remember all of it. It, it. it probably doesn't make sense to most people. It's okay. I don't know how it came out. How do you guys think? Oh, that sucks. Um, still? Really? Okay. Sorry. Um, 
but yeah <laughs> and so she she's she's awesome like i said i love this girl to death she's one of my best friends i have great chemistry with her we didn't even really write anything down she gave me some like pieces that she wanted to talk about because her and i one th one of the things we definitely have in common is we like to rant but in her case she really gets off topic i, I have that you know occasional problem too but she really has that problem. But she was great. She was locked in. Um, and I teased her and threw her off a little bit. But in general, she she did her thing. And I'm proud of her. Um, so I want you guys to just welcome my good friend Roxy. and uh, Or in my case, my good friend Beer. Thanks, guys. Colin Bear. Colin Bear. This call Hello? is being recorded. Oh, see, there we go. Call's being recorded. Oh, gosh, that scared the bejesus out of me. Why, did some white man just jump yeah. on our call? <laughs> yeah, like, for quality care, like, but they want to be like, for quality care, this car is being recorded. Yeah, I think that's just to let you know, so that way it's not illegal. So you don't just, like, it oh, my illegal. God, what? That's not if you're, you're already pre-warned. But, um, yeah, we'll see how this works. Okay. Um, can, all right. Can so, you hear me? How's everything sounding? Yeah. Good? You sound good. Okay. Um, you don't sound stuffy like you normally do. Oh, um, thank you. You're welcome. Um, anyway, so, guys, this is my friend, Roxy, who I call Bear, which I will explain in the intro. So if you've already listened to that, you will have known why she's called Bear. Um, okay, so what part, where do you want to completely start down for whatever? Okay, so, all right, so we'll start, um, I guess, like, the fall of 2008 when, like, I first started to notice, like, my symptoms for my condition, which did you have, I should probably... Do you have any, did you have any condition or any problems before all that, though, as a child or no. anything? Oh no. Okay, yeah. So yeah, let me just start with seeing that. Um, I actually had twenty twenty vision. I had great vision. I had great eyes. I I didn't need glasses, I didn't need anything. I would pass all my eye exams and like school and like outside of school. Um it wasn't until again, um with the fall of two thousand eight where I started to notice that my eyesight was bothering me just a little bit. Um, I kinda chopped it up to stress. Because I was in school, I was working. What um, year was it? Uh, 2008. Okay. Um, so it was like the fall, like, like around between like September and December, where I started to notice like a decline in my um, eyesight. Um, so basically, it kind of started out with um, just kind of like vision blackouts. And basically, like, if no one, like, doesn't know, like, vision blackouts of, like, exactly what it sounds like, blackouts of your vision. It's terrifying if you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you can't see for, like, a split second. Um, I kind of ignored it for a while, which is, like, a terrible thing to do because, again, I didn't have insurance. I didn't have any of that. Um, and then it just proceeded to get worse. It started with, like, then I would have neck pains and like headaches. The headaches were like a warning sign. Um, I would have like just terrible debilitating headaches. Huh. 
I want to start this over because I like I feel like I just kind of just jumped in without. No, really you're good. Sitting when it is. Cause you're you're, you're worrying too much. Okay. Um, um, what I was gonna ask you is how how like far or how close to us when we actually met? Because I remember I I always joke that I'm like the one that cursed you, but um, we've no, known each other for a good while. Yeah, um, it actually, when did we meet, 2014? Oh, is it that long? Is that six years? It seems like forever. Yeah, because, like, remember, um, I've only been first now for six years. Because, yeah, because, um, like, I I started dating Michael around that time. Michael's my um, boyfriend, by the way. Um, and that's how like I gauge everything. That's how I know. Like it was just like you and then like Michael and like all that stuff. That's how I know how long um me and you have like been um like really good friends. Yeah. Um uh, well I think it was like maybe about six months before that, but yeah. Um, it was. It was. Okay. Um, anyway, okay, so you were losing your vision before. Okay, good. I didn't curse you. No, you didn't. You just made it worse. Right. You just escalated it. That's true. I did that. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, so... Okay, yeah, so you start getting these uh, blackouts. So having, like, blackouts, I was having extreme neck pain to the point where I couldn't turn my head. So finally, I ended up going to the emergency room, which was fun. And they were just, like, asking me, you know, like, just basic generic questions. And then they're like, okay, you you probably just pulled a muscle. Here, here's some uh, narcotics. Take these. <laughs> uh, so that went on for, like, about a couple of months. Um, or months, and then we jump into um, the beginning of 2009, I believe. Uh-huh. It was 2009, 2008, 2009, yeah. Um, so all of this, like, continued on for, like, a while. Um, so I'm going to fast forward because it didn't really, like, nothing really happened until, was it fall of 2008, 2009? Did your doctor diagnose you with anything? No, because I wasn't seeing anything. I wasn't seeing anyone at that time. So I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to get the dates right. So, no, I confused it. It was fall of 2009 and then into 2010. Okay, there we go. Um, Just so I know, this condition causes you to have terrible brain fog and memory issues. Just to add, like, icing on the cake. Apparently. (laughs) So, (laughs) so finally, um, February... 9th 2010 I remember this day um my eyesight had gotten so bad at that point I ended up going to Walmart to see like one of their eye specialists because I thought I just needed glasses so go I'm going through like the routines look at this do the chart all this stuff so the um eye doctor um dilates me he looks into like my eyes and I can see the shock look on his face the look of panic and I'm like, okay, this can't be good. He, like, backs up to me, and he's, like, asking, starts asking me, like, a series of questions. And he's like, you need to go to the emergency room right now. Like, do not wait. Go over there. Um, your optic nerves are swollen. Um, I believe that you have papilledema, which is basically the swelling of, like, the optic nerve, which is bad. Oh, I um, that was your aunt. <laughs> uh, 
So it's like the swelling of like the optic <laughs> So it's the swelling of like the optic nerve and, and stuff. It's really bad. So um luckily um where I live at Walmart and the hospital's like down the road. Um Well what were you thinking like, you know, when you said all that? Well I, I wasn't like I think everything was just like a blur. It was like basically I was in adrenaline mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really fully comprehend everything that was going on. All I knew is that I needed to get over to the emergency room. He wrote me out a script. Um, and he's just like, you just need to get to, like, your um, hospital, like, the ER, like, right away. So I go in there, and I tell them, I'm like, I hand them the prescription that he wrote out with everything on it. And I'm like, I was just at Walmart. He's like telling me this and that, like my optic nerves are swollen. Um, I don't know what to do. So nonchalantly, they're just like, okay, you need to fill out this stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like I'm thinking for a second, I'm like, I'm dying, I'm dying. And they're just like, here, fill this out. And uh, so I'm like trying to fill out stuff, and my eyes are dilated, so I can barely see. So I have to have like um equipment like help me fill out the paperwork so they pull me to the, like they, they get me back um they need to like the i guess like that i'm like uh the back office so i'm sitting there and they're like looking at my eyes and they're like can you read the chart and i'm like no my eyes are dilated i can't see anything uh so that's when like i first hear like what my condition is, which was which is pseudo tumor, uh, cerebrae or intracranial um, hypertension or like idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Um, Before you go they, into that, was that the first time your eyes were ever dilated? Uh, yes. Well, they may have been dilated years prior to that. I don't remember. It wasn't like anything serious. I don't right. think. That was the first time. But it can't help you worry because it really does kind of blur your vision and it makes everything, the light hit so much harder and uh, makes it hard to focus and all that. So like, And then he tells you something's wrong with your eyes and you put the two together. It's hard to tell which is part of the medication and which is just paranoia and what is your what your eyes are actually doing. Well, prior to like... Well, actually, no experience. Saying, yeah. Well, like I was saying, with the vision um, blackouts, I was already having vision blackouts, so I knew there was something wrong with mine, which is why, like, I went to the eye doctor. So I kind of knew that there was something wrong. But when you, like, obviously, you know, you've had your eyes dilated, they can see all, like, in the, the back of your eye. And um, he saw something that wasn't right, which was my optic nerves were swollen. So, and it, so yeah. So I'm I think my eyes at this point are permanently dilated. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have I had it done? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I can't with you. Uh so yeah, so they're um back there and like I can hear some like the nurses there and it's like, What is this? <laughs> like they didn't know what the condition was. So finally, um uh the doctor comes in and he kind of breaks it down and he says, We're gonna run some tests on you uh, just to make sure, but we think that you have um so think you have um uh idiopathic intercession. And Careful, your phone's cutting out a little bit. Oh sorry. I'm trying to get the signal's like a little bad here. 
So, yeah, so the doctor's like, okay, we're going to run some tests. So, they basically, you know, blood work, the standard. They do a CAT scan and an MRI, and something they're just kind of waiting, waiting, and comes back to me, he's like, okay, it's all good news for you. Like, you don't have, like, a brain tumor. And I'm like, well, that's a relief. And he's like, but your body thinks you do. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> yeah, because um, that's what it, the condition means. Like, pseudotumor means fake tumor. Idiopathic is false. So my body thinks uh, I have a brain tumor. Um, so that's when he starts to break it down, and he tells me how I basically have excess fluid in the brain and that is putting pressure on my optic nerves which is causing me which is why I can't move my neck he's like so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a spinal tap and uh, that that wasn't experienced so what you you lie in a fetal position that extremely still because they're now taking like an epidural needle so like if you have any listeners who have like had kids they should they would know but it's this huge needle I try not to think about it because it gives me um and you basically lie in a fetal position and they stick a needle in your back and you have to lie perfectly still cannot move because, again, it's so close to your spine, they're in your spine. Um, one long move, and they can paralyze you. So it's not, it's, well, it's a You are put under, procedure. right? Huh? You are put under, right? Oh, no, you you can't. You can't go to sleep. Oh, You're shit. awake for this. You're, you are Oof. awake for this. So you have to lie perfectly still. Um, and the doctor, so it has to lighten the mood. He made a joke. He's like, okay, God. He's like if I... Like do this, I can make your leg twitch, and I'm just like, ah, really, <laughs> really, sir, really. I'm like, this is like not a voodoo fun. doll. Yeah, yes. So I'm just like, I remember like laying there, and like when you first when burning sensation, and um, it's hard to describe. It's like a burning sensation. Um, you can't move. It is painful they do kind of like use like obviously they they numb the area but they can't they don't numb it that much it's enough it it, it's it's like someone like reaching their hand into your back and like you can feel it them moving around like something's crawling in your back it's it's really weird um so they do that do the final tap it it's it's not extremely painful it's more or less like Irritating and it can and, and uncomfortable. It can be like a slight pain. Um, this, so this was my first one. I think I had so much adrenaline that I didn't really notice it the first time. Okay. Are you on your um, stomach? You're um, no. You're like in a fetal position. So you're basically your knees are up to your chest. Basically, you're just you're oh. like bunched into like a little ball, and you have to. Oh, okay. You're not moving. 
um, and they basically drain like some of the fluid. It helps to lower the pressure in your head. Um, I can't remember my opening numbers, but they were high. They were very high. So that was like another confirmation that um, I had pseudotumor. Um, so I remember like after that, um, they transferred me to like a bed and you have to lie on your back for about, I think it was an hour, not moving, not sitting up because if you get up too quickly, you'll basically faint and collapse, Oof. which is not good. So you have to lie on your back for like an hour, not moving, nothing. Um, but the good part was like once like, I did leave, um, I no longer had the headaches. I no longer had like like the vision blackouts. I could move my neck for the most part. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is uh, some of like the symptoms were like whooshing sound and ringing in the ears, which is what I was having too. Um, and um, brain fog <laughs> and like oh. a lot of fatigue and stuff like that. Um, today's a semi-good day for me, Some, somewhat. I'm like sort of forgetful, not completely. Um, I, I know who I am. <laughs> uh, so well, I hope so. I remember um, after that, I because I was working at the time, so I was out of work for like a couple weeks, um, trying to like figure everything out. Um, they set me up with an a neuro-ophthalmologist because I have to see like a neurologist because now this is a neuro issue on top of an eye issue. Um, and I was seeing her for a while. Um, she put me on uh, prednisone, which is a drug. Uh, and I was on a Diamox or a Cetazolamide. So I was on a combination of those, which was like funny because they kind of cancel each other out. Um, one makes you eat like crazy, and the other one. It's supposed to help you not to eat. Um, they don't know, like, really what kind of caused it, like, what causes this condition. It could be, like, a number of things, like um, high vitamin A intake, um, like, your weight and stuff. And my weight did go, like, my weight was going up and down. Because, again, I was a college student, <laughs> eating, living off, like, fast food and stuff. Um right. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. So like a now, did they tell you, like, this was, like, a permanent thing? Like, that you're going to have to get more of these shots and you know, your eyes are going to continue to get worse? And, you know, did they give you that information right there and then or later? They Well, in the, well, in the hospital, they really didn't do much. But, like, my eye doctor was telling me, um, like, basically, uh this is something you have to monitor. Like, I, cause I was still in early stages. I hadn't right. completely lost my eyesight. So they basically tell you it's something that you, you do have to live with for the rest of your life. But some people end up kind of, I guess going in remission kind of thing, or some people just beat it all together. Um, right. So it's kind of, like so a how are you thing. feeling? Sorry. How are you feeling? You know, um, 
when everything kind of came back and was working, did you kind of take it for granted and just was like, oh, I'm okay? Or did you just sit okay. and worry the whole time? Um, I really wasn't worrying because at that time I was like in my like early 20s, so I had so much stuff to distract me. And I didn't, and you know, honestly, like looking back, I did kind of take it for granted. Um, I did, because um, like I, I started eating like really healthy and I was doing all this stuff, like exercising, working out, trying to get my weight down, trying to like minimize like the just like symptoms that I had. And I was like, and I was fine for like a while. And then I just kind of like got, well, I mean, this is okay. This is fine. And I completely uh, slacked off. And that is what completely screwed me over because all of a sudden um, my eyesight just declined rapidly to the point where um, it was no longer in my neuro-ophthalmologist's hand. And she sent me to, she said, okay, you have two choices. You can go to Philly or you can go to Newark. Uh, I kick myself every time for not going to Philly. And not not to say that the doctors and, like, and like the hospital at Newark um, were terrible. It was just an experience. Philly has a reputation. For being yeah. good, as far as the doctors, I mean, there's a lot of the top eye doctors uh, uh, work there. Uh, Will's eye, right? Uh, right? I think that's the one they went to me too. But I went to UMDNJ. I think that's what it is. I always get the, the letters get it yeah. confused. Um, yeah. So I ended up. So she's like, "Okay, I'm going to have to like. I get you. This is no longer in my hands. Um, I'm going to send you." Um, to like Newark. That's why I chose because it was closer. No one like I was at that time. I wasn't driving. I just want to point that out. Um, I was not driving. I didn't have my license prior to that, so like I didn't really have to like nobody had to take my license because <laughs> I didn't have one to begin with. Um, so we ended up going to Newark, and that's that was an experience because again um i just want to keep pointing out i did not have insurance at the time um i just right. want to stress that because there's a, a difference between i got later on i'll explain like the difference between having insurance and not um so i um went there and i just remember seeing um this like a specialist surgeon and him saying, "Oh my gosh, he's like you should have gotten in here sooner." Like what? Like basically, not in a way. It's kind of putting my eye doctor down, and and, and I kind of got upset because she was doing everything that she could. She was going by the books. No, no one knew that my um, eyesight would decline this rapidly. And I just want to point out, it's my um, right eye. My right eye at this time just completely took a turn for the worse. So he's like, "Okay, we're we're gonna." Um, get you set up to have eye surgery on your right eye. Mm-hmm. And I just remember it like being, I don't know, I guess it numb. Because again, all of this was just, like everything was just moving so quickly for me that I didn't have a time to really reflect. I was just like, he's like, okay, I'm having eye surgery. This is what we're doing. We're going to have like an optic nerve. We're going to do an optic nerve sheath, optic sheath. It's basically where they cut a small window into your optic nerve to like drain, so it drains the excess uh, fluid that's building up in your eye. 
Um, I just, I remember just nodding and going, okay, this is okay, this is fine. It wasn't until, like, I think I got home that, that night where I kind of, like, broke down. And right. I just didn't... I, I was I was so angry because I'm like I'm young I shouldn't be dealing with this I shouldn't have to like lose my eyesight and I think that was like the first time like, I got really sick and I was like kind of cried about it because then I was just like okay I can't do this and I kind of had to like suck it up which I didn't I, at the time I didn't realize that I had I should have allowed myself to properly more and I guess that's loss of my eyesight. So it's funny saying that more and the whole of his eyes. Um but like I remember so like within like two weeks I'm being prepped for surgery. They do the surgery. Um I was in the hospital for like I think a few days. Um that was just that was an experience. Like everyone there was pretty nice and stuff. Uh I had to wear like a an eye patch over my eye until I get properly healed. So I was totally a pirate. An awesome pirate. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just remember, like, having to, like, put, like, ointment and, like, kind of seeing, like, a, it was, it, it healed. You can't tell now that they basically cut into my, I guess, like, what they did was they cut into my eye and, like, my eyeballs on my cheek, which is what my doctor wanted to tell me. I was like, uh, great, thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, Were you finally realizing how much you actually took your eyes for granted? I did, I did. Um, and I don't think moment. people realize like those those days where basically you're just stuck in a hospital bed and you don't really do much and you're either in pain or you're recovering or you know whatever uh, you're there for. You're just sitting there thinking and thinking and all the worst things go through your head and. And then even some of the true realities come into your head, too, where it's just like, oh, man, I really just let my shit go because I was just, I, you know, I just pretend like everything was okay. And the reality was I just didn't take it serious enough. You, you really do. And again, like, I'm, I, uh, again, I'm still in my, like, early 20s with this. So, like, it was there and I stressed about it, but, like, I'm not going to sit there and lie and act like I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do, do right by my eyes. I did for a small period of time, but I was young. I wanted to still live the life of, like, a 20-something-year-old, like, because I'm in my early 20s. Um, maybe, like, was it 21, maybe, 22? So, like, I wanted to live that life. I wanted to have, like, the same experiences as, like, my friends did. So, like, um, I get out, uh, I get out of the hospital, um, at this point, like, I'm no longer until I had to just, like, basically drop out of school because there was no way. Yeah. There, there There's was something no way. understandable about that, though, too. Just, like, you, even if you didn't come to complete realization, it's like, well, I want to live it up now because, you know, who knows when my eyes are going to be bad. Even if that wasn't your exact thought, it's like, you know, I still have to worry someday my eyes might go. And it's like, I'm just trying to appreciate the fact that I can watch football and, and whatever and do things and go to the store and just be able to not have someone to hold on to or use a cane. So it's like I try to – I'm doing that now, but um, but there is something to that as far as just saying, fuck it, I'm just going to live it up and just try to 
enjoy what I got now, even though that wasn't probably your exact mentality, but you you used your eyes as much as you could. That's so true. I don't think it was that. I was just so angry. And I was just like, no, this is not going to stop me. I was more like rebellious. Like, I'm going to still do this stuff. Um, I'm going to still, I wasn't partying. I'm not partying. I'm a nerd. <laughs> but I was just like, I remember, remember, like, just, I don't know. It was just, it was an interesting time. But um, after that, like, within, like, a couple, like, I think it was within two months, I was having surgery uh, as bad as my right eye did. He's like, we need to preserve your eye. We need to do this um, eye. Um, I guess not. <laughs> they should just, like, throw that in the garbage. Uh, <laughs> throw that eye away. <laughs> so, <laughs> gosh dark thing I say. Um yeah, so we do put the same surgery on my uh left eye and um that went really well. I did not get um I did not have to wear a patch over that eye because I would have been completely uh immobile if I um had because I have at that point I had very, very little sight in my right eye. So no patch, no anything. Um and now at this point I finally um, went into work and I said I'm not going to be able to continue this job. I was working a retail job at that point, and the job like required me to have decent eyesight. And plus, I was just so um, just physically and emotionally drained at that point. Uh, so I left that job, and for like that time being, I kind of just you know chilled, relaxed, I guess. Tried to like get my crap together because I didn't want to go back into having surgeries. I did not want to have another spinal tap. So like I'd be, so I basically, I behaved for a little bit and Mm -hmm. was like doing everything that I had to do. And again, you, you tend to like fall into old ways. But at that point I realized like, so a couple months went by and I was like, okay, I need to find a job because uh, my parents were not paying for anything. <laughs> I'm like, and I could, I couldn't afford to like hang out with my friends because no one wanted to keep footing the bill. Um, so I began to try to look for work. I never had a problem finding a job prior to losing my eyesight. I would just be able to pick up a job because I have like a good personality, and they was, and I would get hired pretty quickly. Um. So I just remember, like, filling out applications, some in person and some not, and I would just need help. And I could tell when I would go in there and I would, like, ask for assistance or anything, like, filling out an application, I I almost knew that I wasn't going to get the job. Um, what kind of job was it? Just, just retail. This is a retail job. Because I just needed thing. something quick. Yeah, I just okay. needed something quick. Um, so I was putting in applications, um, and it was just so hard trying to find work, trying to find work. Just in general, it's hard to find work. Um, since this was like 2011, I guess, 2012, maybe. Um, and I don't know what was going on in the world around that time. 
it, it wasn't a recession to do it. It was it was something. So jobs were very like scarce. So I just it was kind of in the midst of that recession. Yeah, there was stuff going on around that time. I don't think we ever fully recovered until a couple of years ago, and then now the pandemic. So. Yeah, that's um, but yeah, go ahead. So you try to get the jobs, you didn't get it. Yeah, so I just put in, started to put in like a whole bunch of applications. But I would disclose on the application that I did have like eye issues because I didn't want to go in there. Like I didn't want to, no pun intended, I didn't want to blindside them. I didn't want to go in there okay. and then thinking that I could do all this stuff without needing accommodations. And that's when I got realized that these jobs and these companies say that they don't discriminate, but they do in a way. They do right. discriminate. They don't accommodate people with like eye like eye issues or anything like that. So finally, I ended up getting a job. Um, but I did disclose to them, I'm like, hey, I do have uh, vision issues. But at that point, um, my eyesight was stable. Like, I didn't um, – it wasn't, like, as bad as it is now. So I wasn't now, able to – Did you to have go... any of that? Because I know most people can't tell because, you know, you don't sound it. But she is black. Um, but did did you have any problem just getting jobs with that? Or was the first time you actually saw real, like, discrimination was actually towards your disability? It's 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 funny it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I always wonder I'm like am I getting discriminated against because I'm black because I'm woman because I'm disabled is it because I'm like is it because I'm chubby all three like what is it <laughs> it's like all it's like four things it's like I'm like I'm like why like why do I even get out of bed sometimes that's how I feel sometimes like what what is it pick and choose because so it's like okay if they can get past <laughs> the fact they're like I'm um I'm black and I'm a woman they're like mm, no see we 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 were already gonna like deal with you like we we didn't want to deal with you because you were black and a woman but yeah you can't see either oh wow, no we can't see, do this see chubby <laughs> black women is all we want to hire so you're good on that part but then you told us the eyes thing oh man no more nope. you're out <laughs> so, <laughs> but no I mean, was that the first time you really like noticed it i mean again it could have been any of those things but i mean well, because the thing about it is when I would do, like, I would fill out the application or sometimes I would do, like, phone interviews and they were just like, oh, my gosh, you're really, like, um, preppy and all this stuff. And, like, like just, like, you know, you got to put on, you have to put on. And that's what I was really putting on because despite that, like, like you might feel, <laughs> I am a nice yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I would say that. Moments. <laughs> no, uh, you are. So I would go in there and I would have this like, you know, customer service demeanor and everything would be going well. And then they would say, like, towards the end of the interview, um, is there anything that you need to like want to ask us or tell us or this and that? So I would bring up like, hey, I do have, um, you know, some vision problems and this and that. And I could tell the shift when like it's basically like the you, – you can tell. If you've ever experienced like, – did a job interview or anything and you know that moment where it's just like uh-huh. it's like we'll call you we'll let you know um yeah. so at this like so basically like after like not getting called back or just being like ignored or because they will ghost you jobs will ghost you um 
Mm-hmm. I um like my local pharmacy. I went in there and I'm like, I need a job. I can't. No, I need this. So I would. So I went in. I spoke to one of the, the assistant manager, and I remember talking to her. She said, We don't have any applications right now, but um, sorry, we don't have any openings right now. But put in an application and we'll call you back because that's what we do. We will go back to like people like in order. So I just remember harassing her. Yes, I harassed her. <laughs> I can laugh about it now because she would joke about that. I would I harassed her, and I would call mm-hmm. and call and call until I got that job. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I got it. You forced your way in. Me. I forced <laughs> my way, and I said, "Oh no, we're not doing this." And she knew, like I, I like I, she didn't care. She's just like you. Just you're just so determined, and you have such a good personality and just demeanor. So she hired me. I had the job, and I worked there. And um, the retail was, job you without mentioning who they are. Did you? Is this the job that you had when I met you? Where you're doing cosmetics and all that? Yes. Yes, okay. but I but I had to work my way to 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 that department. Right, right. Not that department, but I meant that way. job. As a hint. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that was the that was the job. So I had that job. I was so excited. I was so happy to be back at work. I did not care that it was retail. I did not care at all. And I How long were um, you out for? Like without a, a job? Year. I was oh, out of wow, a job okay. for a, a a year. It was really tough because I had no income coming in whatsoever. No side gigs, no um I didn't. I didn't know about. Uh, dis- I wasn't on disability. I, I had nothing coming in. No type of income, right. whatsoever. Um, so I needed that job. Um, so this was kind of a good it, year for you, because then right on the horizon, the best thing that ever happened to you, me, came into your life. Uh huh. Wait, what? See, <laughs> so she wants to pretend like she didn't hear that. Um, no, I said it must have been a good year for you because you got this job, and then on the horizon, you know, the best thing that ever happened to you, me, came into your life. Things were working out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, <laughs> gosh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you. Okay, yay. <laughs> so I was at that job, and, like, so a couple – so I was working the job for, like, about two years at that point, and that's when – um my eyes took another turn for the worse. I started to, well, my old symptoms started to come back, which were the neck pains, the vision blackouts, uh, the terrible headaches, like headaches, or like uh, even if you take, no, there, no amount of painkillers makes it go away. Makes it go away. And I do want to mention, uh, gosh, I hope my like. Uh, at that point, like again, I wasn't seeing an eye doctor because I had no insurance, because I had no money, I had no no income, so I was not seeing any eye doctors. I just want to put that out there. So I was on no medication, nothing. Um, now that's from the the headaches. That's from the pressure, right? Yes. Um, the Behind the eye and the head. And... Yes, it's basically like if you ever had a really bad head cold, but like times ten, because at that point you hear whooshing in your ears. You're ringing in your ears, and you can't move your neck, and your back hurts, and everything is just—it's just a a terrible, terrible mess. I would not wish that on my uh, worst enemy. It can be very painful and debilitating because no amount of drugs that you can take—you can literally take 
some oxys and it will not help it. Um, right. So at that point, that's where I was at. And I remember like freaking out and I remember like, no, like crying and going, no, 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 I can't do this again. Um, I remember like just trying to dig through and find like my old uh, eye doctor's number and calling up her office and basically saying, yes, I know I haven't been here in a few years, but please, can you come in and please, can I come in and, um, see her and you know it took some time but I came in and I saw her and I told her what was going on and she's like okay you can go to like I'm going to send you to like Robert Wood Johnson uh, which is like another like hospital in like north uh, of New Jersey like North Jersey so I remember going there and then like the guy was with at the time taking me up there and just like having like appointments and then setting up uh, to do another spinal tap. And uh, I remember not wanting to do it because I, I was I was afraid. Um, so I do another spinal tap. This time, um, it's not like the one I did in the hospital. Essentially, it's the same, but it's not. Uh, I remember like sitting, doing, being in the fetal position. I was in the room, like at the, um, I guess the examination room. I'm not sure what room it'd be, like the sterile room, and you, you couldn't have anyone there with you. Whereas, like when I did it in the hospital, I believe my mom was in the room. This time, I was completely by myself, surrounded by doctors. Um, What's like your thought process? Like, are you just so focused on trying to stay still, or are you actually thinking like, oh god, not like it's it's cold in there. It's very cold. So I'm sitting there trying to stay still, trying not because this time there was no jokes about my leg being my leg twitching. There was just very serious. It was very um, medical. Can't think of another term. It was very by the books. It's like okay. because I remember, like, saying to, like, my ex at the time, like, okay, you can, maybe you can, he's like, I'll come in there and I'll hold your hand and we'll get through this. Um, nope, he was not allowed in at all. Only whoever was in that room because it had to be extremely sterile because when you're doing that, um, you are at risk, putting yourself at risk for, like, an infection. Anything can go wrong. Um, so remember this time around, it was painful remember like sitting there trying not to sob but it hurt so bad like my back was on fire it was painful and I'm just like they're like like kind of like asking me questions they're like does it hurt I'm like yes it hurts a lot and they're like well we can't numb you anymore you know that whole we can't give you any extra type of thing and I just remember wanting to just I don't know. I don't know what I wanted at that point. And just having it done. Um, and, like, again, I felt, like, relief afterwards and, like, laying down there for, like, an, for like an hour. And they're, like, and they, and they were kind of nice. Like, the, the nurses there, they were pretty nice. And they're just, like, hey, are you okay? This and that. And I just remember, like, I can't keep doing this. 
Um, and so when I got out of uh, got out of there, they, they discharged me. And I noticed, like, which was different. It was this time, like, my headache didn't really dissipate like it did the first time. This time around, I still was feeling headaches. So I'm, like, calling up the hospital and just, like, saying, hey, is this normal? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine. If you don't, if it still continues, then come up, then come there um, and see, like, the, I think it's like the radiologist. So I remember, like, and they gave like their their hours and everything, so it still had it gone away. I remember like going back up there, and again, I just want to uh, say that this is not right around the corner. This is about an hour and a half drive, um, and about like eighty miles away from my house. So I'm going up there, sitting in like the waiting area, waiting to see someone. Um, I got there like around one o'clock, so it's like five o'clock, and I'm noticing that everybody's packing up to leave. And uh, I say to, like, I'm like, hey, I was here because of this. And they're like, oh, well, the radiologist, he got called in at about 2 o'clock. So he's not, he, he got called into surgery or something like that. Uh, he's not able to see you. And uh, I just remember, like, being so angry, so upset because, like, I'm, my head's still hurting everything's still hurting um I go back home and I just kind of play like the waiting game I get back in touch with like the surgeon who did like my eye surgery he tells me to come back up to the hospital so I came back up to the hospital and I noticed that I was put into an area and of people who didn't have insurance uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize that there was such thing because there was a waiting room. And, and did I? There's a, uh, there's a waiting room, and you have all the people who don't have insurance on one side. And I remember seeing, like, the door to the people who do have insurance. There was maybe, like, two people there, and they were – they would get called back faster so the people who did not have insurance would be there all day long waiting. Um, so I remember him saying to me, he's like, we can't keep doing spinal taps because if you, he's like, every time you have one done, it builds up scar tissue. And right. too much scar tissue will lead to issues later on. Um, so that's when he asked me, do you want to have um uh, a shunt done, which is basically, I believe they put a device inside of you that helps you, helps drain out the excess fluid. At that point, I was so drained emotionally and physically drained that, like, I was just like, do it. I don't care anymore. I don't care um, that this leads to complications, like, brain infection. I don't care that it's going to hinder me anymore. At that point, I was so just dead inside. I was so numb from just everything mm-hmm. from uh, the way I felt like I was treated because I didn't have insurance from uh, a, a really bad, terrible breakup from just, 
I didn't want, like, I didn't want my eyes anymore. I didn't want to deal with my eyes. I know it's really dark, but, like, I was at that point. So what you were saying earlier when you're laying up in the hospital bed, so this time around I'm laying up in, like, the hospital bed, and I'm just, like, I don't want to wake up. Like, I don't want to wake up. They do the surgery. I don't want to wake up. I don't care if I don't wake up. I don't care anymore because I'm, like, I don't want to, like, live with, like, this pain and dealing with like my eyesight and just everything. Yeah, you really do run the gamut of like emotions and you you, you think all these really dark things, unfortunately. You do. It's hard not to when you're in those moments. When you're like, basically, I'm like, (laughs) I'm laying in a bed. It's funny. This is kind of like a funny part about it. I'm laying, I'm I'm not even in a room. I'm going to put that out here. I'm not in a room. I am literally, you know how, like, sometimes you'll see, like, in the hospitals, they'll have, like, people on the out, like, outside of a room, because they're just still waiting, and I remember just, like, being outside, like, in a hallway kind of situation, or I wasn't in a room, and to the right of me was a guy who was cuffed to the bed, because he he was a criminal, Another guy was, I think he was cuffed to his bed, but it was because he was suicidal. And I was just laying there between, just like, I, it it, it was was an experience. And I just remember, like, laying there. Um, I had people, uh, like, I didn't, how, like, everything worked up, like, at the the hospital in Newark was very different than what I was used to. So, like, I just remember kind of, like, just a small, like, often tender kind of thing, just laying there in bed, and I'm like, my my head hurts. I had um, medical students coming in, and I was basically used as a uh, a teaching lesson. I had um, doctors, like, this is, like, what Solden Optic Nerve was like. Do you mind if we, um, if they, like, look at your eyes and stuff like that? And I just remember, like, saying, like, whatever, I don't care. Do whatever. <laughs> Uh, and just being really like just dumb, but luckily that um, morning it was like early in the morning. Like my parents came and they're like, "We're you're not doing the surgery. We don't care what you said. You're not doing this." Um, we like prayed about it and we, we don't want you to have this done because it's, um. So they came and they checked me out. Like I like I always thank them for that because I was making a decision based about my eyes, you know, everything based on just numbness and darkness and just exhaustion. Um, Did you have much, like, mental health, like depression and anxiety and all? Did you have much of that before all this? Social anxiety. I didn't have just regular anxiety or depression. I had social anxiety, debilitating social anxiety. Um, but mm-hmm. when you work retail, you kind of learn to work through that. So I didn't have much, like, uh, depression or stuff. Like, it didn't happen until, like, when I started to, like, lose my eyesight mm-hmm. and, uh, like, all of that. Um, so, like, I kind of just ended up uh, being put on, like, medication. At that point, I was able to... Like, I was working, I was able to get insurance. And that's when I noticed a shift in everybody's, how everyone treated me. Because I had insurance now. I was, I had insurance. 
outside and have to like wait in like certain areas and stuff like that. I was being quick and I was able to like actually get the medication that I needed. Um and like I basically kept like all the symptoms off because I was taking my medication regularly and uh I was doing well at that point. Uh so mm-hmm. I'm gonna fast uh forward to 2016 sorry that point I already met TJ 2014 so that's when I got it was (laughs) yeah um and uh so I'm gonna skip a little bit a little bit into that and um I started uh I was working my job job, but I knew that my like my eyesight wasn't doing well it wasn't terrible but I knew that I couldn't keep that up forever so I decided to um, go to school to be a medical assistant, and I was so excited. That was that was fun. That was an experience. It's like okay, I get to work in the medical field. Maybe I can like help someone. Even though I was like a doctor or anything, I'm like maybe I can like you know help people out who have like vision issues, and they can see that hey, somebody who has like low vision is working in this type of field because you don't see who are um, blind or visually impaired in the medical field. Um, so I remember signing up for those classes, which is more or less like a trade. So I remember signing up for the classes, uh, like doing everything, and going in there in my scrubs, ready to learn. And that's when I realized, again, that, school like college whether it's college whether it's a trade and they're not equipped to help somebody who has a disability again maybe if I was in a wheelchair things would be different but since I wasn't um I doubt it because they probably wouldn't even let you through the door I see they can't just they also needed numbers they needed the numbers, yeah. so they probably would have <laughs> let it let someone in in there. Cause they needed the numbers, because so they were like, everyone saw them all be, you know, sitting in. So I remember going into class, and um, one thing about like that I learned is with unless you are, I guess, completely blind or you have a cane or a seeing eye dog, no one knows that you are visually impaired unless your eyes are very obvious. Where like, someone can say, "Hey, what's wrong with your eyes?" At that point, um, I guess my eyes looked, don't quote, air quotes, normal. So no one could tell. I wasn't bumping mm-hmm. into things. Um, I wasn't being like the stereotypical um, visually impaired person. Um, so I'm going to class, and you know, it's like, like those old school projectors. I don't know if you remember them. Um, the ones that do it off like the whiteboards? Yeah, like when they would like project everything up there and you just had to copy notes. So I remember. Yeah, and they had like the little see through plastic thing they would use and write on them and then they'd put them up there. Yes, yes. I forget what you called them, but yeah, yeah. Uh, And I remember like, okay, I can do this. I took me to school. I know how to do this. And I looked up there and I couldn't see shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, I knew there was work on the paper, but I. It was blurry, and I was like, wow. And that's when my, like, social anxiety, because I'm a very shy person, that kicked in. 
And I just kind of remember sitting there and trying to strain to see. Because, again, when you use those projectors, it's dark. One, it's dark in the room. That's a strike. Two, the print was small. That's another strike. So I was like, uh, we were taking notes throughout the class. And then it was, like, time for break. So I remember, like, kind of going up to my teacher. And I'm like, hey, uh, I can't see, like, when you put it up there, they're like, oh, do you need me to just make it bigger? I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I can't see it. Um, is there any way that I can get your notes or anything like that? And and I explained why. It's like, I, I didn't want to, I was kind of embarrassed. I, was, I didn't want to explain it, okay? Because I was still ashamed. I was like, this one thing. I was ashamed of, like, my eyes, my eyes, and my eyesight, and all that. I didn't want to be stigmatized because of it, and um, she just like, oh, okay, no problem, I understand. She's like, so basically what um, she ended up doing was she would, she just gave me like that, and I would copy it from like her, from her notes onto um, like my, in my notebook when she was done using it, but I had to wait until like everyone had was done copying it, so, so that way I had to take everything. So it was kind of like an inconvenience because like I couldn't just take the notes right then and there with oh. everyone else. And then other people would be like, hey, you're not taking notes? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, I just have to, you know, wait for that. Um, and I just remember like having to like go through the courses and, and doing that with like every teacher that day like that I saw and I would have to tell them, hey, I need to wait for this. Or like if they were writing long, like, how my eyes work, I don't, I'll get into it. How my eyes work is I have to see things on like inverted color. So if it's black uh, writing on a white background, I cannot see that at all unless it's super bold and super large and like very close to my face. That's how my eyes work. So everything on is standard. It's white background, black lettering. Um, even when um, my teachers would... Oh, so you're the opposite say, of me then. Okay, because I like black with white. Black background with white letters. Yeah, that's, that, that's me. Black background, white letters. I can't do oh, okay. white background with black okay. letters. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the typical so visually impaired uh, way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, okay, um, I just want to mention that something I forgot to mention is this point I was wearing glasses sometimes somewhere in between the years of they told me that I couldn't glasses would never help me but then after seeing my doctor the second time he's like why aren't you wearing glasses I'm like because you told me that uh glasses wouldn't help me and he's like no we'll get glasses <laughs> so it's that and, yeah so I'm wearing glasses at this point even though technically glasses really didn't help me um so I remember being in class, and, you know, I, I kind of noticed that when it came time, because, again, when you're in school to be a medical assistant, you have to do, it's a thing called stick for stick, which is basically, um, I draw, I basically practice drawing your blood, and you practice on me, and you have to have so many sticks in by the end of the year, or you will not pass the course, and... I remember at this point, like, kind of freezing up and being so nervous, and I didn't have the confidence in myself uh, at that point because I was so terrified that I was going to hurt someone 
and I guess that showed, but it didn't help that, like, no one really wanted to, like, volunteer, because at that point, everyone kind of knew that I had, like, something at least wrong with my eyes, and I remember my one of my teachers, he, he's so nice, um, he goes, uh, he's like, you can practice on me. He's like, I'm all, he's like, I'm all, I'm, he's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a um, pin cushion anyway. And I just remember being so nervous and stuff like that. And he's like, and he was so patient with me. Take your time, this and that. And he was helpful. But like, you know, I can't continue to practice with my teacher uh, all the time. And I, I don't even know how I got it in, but I was able to get like my sticks in. Um, somehow, probably just using the teachers. Um, so again, I'm in class and I'm starting to notice that like my eyesight's getting like slightly strained because I'm straining to see the board. I'm straining to look at the books, the textbooks. I'm straining to see everything. And uh, look, like then it's time to go out for externship. And I remember like externing at uh, a doctor's office. And oh, they were not uh, equipped for like anyone that was visually visually impaired, which is interesting because the people that work there were older, so you would think they would have some type of something to help out. They were not willing to accommodate uh, one of the, I guess like the office manager, she actually told me, she goes, are you sure you want to do this? And I remember I'm like, this passage because yeah. we talked yeah. about her and you were really depressed. She's like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I, I do. She said, well, you know, why don't you? She's like, you know, you would probably be better suited being a, like a nurse with aid. And I said, oh, like you were saying, like, I'm like, I don't want to. That's not what I want to do. I didn't, I didn't get my ticket out. I'm not, not going to have like a, I don't know, $15,000 or a student, like a student loan. Uh, just to be like a nurse's aide, and uh, she was just like, you know, she was very like, you know, like she would constantly like look over my shoulder. I wonder, like in retrospect, I'm wondering if it was a little bit of prejudice too, which I think it was. So <laughs> I, she saw my brown face going in there. She was probably like, oh gosh. <laughs> 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 and she's visually impaired. What are they sending me? Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know they made these at the factory. <laughs> uh, uh, so, like, I just remember, like, you know, being you remember the conversation. I, um, I was really upset after that, and I was just kind of like, so I went and talked to one of the counselors at the school, and I told her what she said, and she looked at me, and she said, what? Uh, and I said, yeah, this is what she said. She says, so she goes and uh, says to me, she says, why would you, let, let me just say this, I'm not putting down anyone who is a nurse's aide. My sister is a, was a nurse's aide. not putting anyone down when I say what, I, what I'm about to say. She goes to me, she goes, why would you do that? She's like, that's backtracking. That is a step down from what, from what you're trying to do. She said, that would be a backtrack and a step down. And I said, well, that's what she suggested. And she's like, okay. And she's like, I guess I'm going to have to talk with her. Um, nothing really changed at that point. Um, I was struggling very hard during, like, my externship. Um, 
when when I would hear other people thriving, I was I was struggling. I tried. I worked my uh, ass off there at that office. Um, I didn't really get any help. I didn't have anyone there to like, you know, assist me. Um, I had to jot things down. I had to like get things so I was able to read them and see them because I couldn't see anything. I wasn't really working on the computer too much, but it was hard to see everything. It was not equipped for anyone who had any type of vision issue um, that wasn't beyond just needing glasses. And throughout that, I was also working. And I was just so stressed out. I would just come over and I would just be really depressed. Um, But I just kind of mustered through it. Um, And at the end of the externship, like I finished, and then, you know, even though I felt like the nurse, uh, she was a, a jerk about things, I still uh, didn't go thank them and everything, and it was time to take my exam, and you were That's this. the thing, you made it yeah. basically to the end. Like you, yeah. I worked my ass off. I, I did. That's why I was I so proud of you, because it wasn't that you just, like, you could have. You wanted to give up like more than halfway, like less than halfway through, and you just kept going, kept going, and then you finally hit like the final bump. Burn. And um, so this is uh, the part. You know, it still upsets me. Um, it was time to take the uh, exam, and the first time, like I went to take the exam, um, I could not see anything. And when I tell you I, I can't see anything, I don't mean like it was just everything was dark. It was just I couldn't, my eyes wouldn't focus on anything. So I sat there and I tried to see, I couldn't make, like how uh, their computers are set up is everything is locked out. So you, if you want to use a magnifying glass, you can't use it. You can't use anything except for the program that is on those computers. Right. You can't really ask questions it's very because i was taking like the, the state exam it was very Did you get the magnifier on structured. it like you could get a magnifier nope uh, yeah i not get anything on it everything was locked out and everything was standard so i remember like sitting there and like everyone's like you know going through it and i'm just sitting there and i'm like on the brink of a breakdown and uh tears and like, i got it i'm sure if i started crying like everyone would probably thought that i just you know got a bad score I didn't even make like I couldn't it timed it out and I remember saying like I, I think I remember like raising my hand and saying like, I can't see this and again they're not they're not equipped to accommodate anyone and it's freaking bull crap uh so I'm sitting there and like you only get two chances to try to do this test that are for free after that you have to pay like i think a hundred to two hundred dollars to retake these tests so i remember going um like leaving going home and saying how you know i was i was devastated i was crushed um so uh, so i ended up calling uh, the testing board and saying, hey, and calling someone and saying, uh, can I, can you accommodate me? Because I saw that you can accommodate this and that. So explain what my condition was and my situation. And the guy goes, 
well, couldn't you just wear glasses? <laughs> yeah, the typical old thing. <laughs> yeah. And I remember being so, like, just surprised. And I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, glasses, can't you just wear glasses? Like, wearing glasses would probably help in this and that. And I'm just like, no, it can't help because I am wearing glasses. I was wearing glasses when I did the exam. And, like, we're going back and forth and stuff like that. <laughs> and, um, excuse me. and he says, well, he basically says, like, there's nothing he could do. And I'm just like, and that's when I completely broke down and I was angry. I was upset because it's like, one, I'm like, I got so far. I got to this point where I'm this close to just taking the exam uh, and I can't do it because of my stupid freaking eyes and just literally, this is, I don't know if I ever told you this, but it was so, I got so like, literally wanted to literally take my Your phone's cutting out, be careful. The eyes that don't work. Repeat, hey, you have to yes. repeat that. It cut, your phone, you cut out. I'll say that again. You'll have to repeat it because the last thing I, I heard you say was, uh, you don't know if you ever told me this. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I got so to the point where I was just like, I wanted to take my bare hands and rip my eyes out, both of them. These eyes that didn't work, that kept stopping me from having a normal life. Um, I was just at that point and that like I'm like thinking about now like I'm like gosh that was dark and uh <laughs> terrible to think and I just yeah. remember just breaking down and like just crying and being so upset because like again I had no accommodation um I think it was I think it might have been you who said to just call them back and try again um because uh-huh. it sounds like something that you would say <laughs> uh so, I say I mean, a lot like, of smart things for all you, you out there. You really do. You really do. <laughs> um, so I remember, like, waiting the next day, calling back, and I spoke to this amazing woman. Um, I wish I could remember her name. And she says to me, and I tell her what's going on, and she goes, you know what? She's like, I have vision issues, too. And I said, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got excited. Not because... One of my people. Maybe she, I was like, maybe she can actually help. So she goes, I know how. She's like, I know what you're talking about. I know this and this and that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, please. She's like, this is what we're going to do. She's like, um, we're going to print off an exam, a written exam. And she's like, we're going to increase the font. She asked me, like, what the font, like, size and all this stuff. And she's like, we're going to try to make it like, the largest that we, we can. And she was like, you're going to take this exam. And I just remember, like, crying my happy tears and just being so excited because I'm like, oh, my gosh, she didn't have to do this. And I'm like, it was a blessing to me. It was a blessing because to get someone who had vision issues, too, who knew what it was like is so rare. And for her to accommodate me that way and not just blow me off with something, 
Um, unfortunately, again, uh, even though it was super big and all that stuff, it was still very hard to see. Um, it was slightly better, but I think I was, I ended up, you know, being so stressed out. Um, and just feeling pressured, even though I had, they gave me extra time. I was like, accommodated. they did accommodate me. They gave me extra time. They gave me all this, but I had just, that's, at that point, I had to think I just psyched myself out really bad. And my eyes were halfway through taking the test. My eyes were just completely just broken. Shot, yeah. They were shot. And I just remember just, I couldn't think. And, um, yeah, I did not pass. Unfortunately, I did not pass the exam. But well, that's another thing people like don't understand is like when you look at it, like since you're having to look closer and you're you're really straining your eyes, you get a headache, uh, your eyes get super blurry, the light hurts your eye, like everything is just all like, you know, culminating at the same time, and it's it, it's just I've been there so many times, it it really really sucked. Like, uh, you really are overworking your eyes. You you really are. Um... That's like, but you have like, to. I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because there's good eye days and bad eye days. Good eye days where is where you can see everything. You're not having headaches, even if you have to look at something for a little bit. You're not uh, straining. And like, but if you're having a bad eye day, no amount of like uh, enlarging the font or anything or drops or yeah, anything is going to help if you're having a bad eye day, like a bad eyesight day. And I think I might have been having a bad eyesight day, but probably was, probably was I was so stressed and nervous about taking the exam. Um, and just, I think I came to realize, when I didn't pass the exam that time, I don't think it was I could have tried again, but I didn't want to. Um, I was like dealing with like, um, a lot of points. Uh, and just like overall, I was just like, I can't do this. Like, if my eyes were during that process, like something that I mentioned, but I'll mention it now, is during that process of going to class, I was work- overworking my eyes because I was in class. Uh, I was doing externship and I was working at a retail job. And if you work at retail, you need your eyesight because you're looking at a screen all day when you're ringing up customers, you're looking at products and all that stuff. So my eyes were just... Were you the problem at at where you work because of all those white kids stealing all the DVDs? You just didn't see them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are you just letting it happen? First of all, we need to keep our DVDs out and open because we... There was there was some thieves. Maybe you weren't trying to. I wasn't trying to get fired because of that. But like I think like I realized like so at that point like it was just kind of like I knew that it was time to just take a break from like schooling. Um, I ended up like not. I got about past the class like you know like two. And I got a certification that wasn't like. It's certified to be a medical assistant. Like I passed the course, but I wasn't certified because I didn't pass the state exam. And like I was bummed for a while, but I wasn't 
as devastated as I thought that I would be. Maybe because I knew deep down, like, maybe this wasn't the right path. Um, so I continued to, like, work and whatnot. But that's when I noticed that, like, the damage that I had did from being in class because I couldn't see, like, certain certain print that I could see before. I, could, I wasn't able mm. to see. And I was struggling. I started to struggle at work. And that's when, like, was it was it you that suggested like um, social security disability? I can't remember. But I think it might yeah, because you were asking me questions if you should go into it because I had sent you that portable machine, and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I was telling you that you should start looking into it because of um, you know at the time you were dating Michael and you were trying to get some income and and you pretty much were sure that you weren't going to have a job much longer and told you to look in the disability um, because I figured you could get it because you put a lot of time in uh, as far as working was. You never really stopped working, so you really did put a lot of money into it. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, at that point, like, um, I ended up, you know, just applying for disability, and that was <laughs> that was an experience. <laughs> Uh, all in itself. That's like a whole they put you through. Like if you, it's really funny because like you can't fake having eye issues. There's you can't fake it. There's no way yeah. to fake it because a simple um, dilation of the eyes can tell, can show that you're either you have something wrong with your eyes or you don't. You can't really fake it, which is so that's pretty interesting, like how that process went, uh, and just like overall, and just like everything, that I ended right. up getting it. Like, which What's is sad though is they're about. they're more inclined to believe a child than they are an adult, because like yeah. it's so much easier to get your disability and social security as a child than it is as a, an adult, because you really have to go through a lot of hoops and really got to fight it. Some people literally have to go to court to fight it, um, and it easily works out for them because they get a lot of money back, but it's just a lot of strenuous time, and, you know, it's just, it sucks. But um, I got mine as a kid, so I got lucky, but I know a lot of people that are still fighting it to this day. And they don't want to get it. They do not want to get it, which I understand on one hand, uh, not that this is like a social security disability discussion, but on one hand, I understand because people do lie and people do fake it. And I remember looking into it and doing research, and they were saying how, the disability doctor is going to be a cold POS to you um, because they have to be ex- they have to be extremely um, you know uh, biased and I remember like seeing this I always like tell this story to people and it's really funny because I remember going in there and the nurse you know, the doctor's kind of dry he was very dry and uh I remember, like, trying to do, like, the visual field and needing it. So that my eyes were just terrible. It was a terrible eye, like, a horrible day that day, and which was good for me. Uh, but it was uh, just needing help and assistance with stuff. So, like, I just go back there, and he's just, like, you know, really dry and read this, this and that. And then God looks my eyes, looks at my eyes, and the same look that the uh, eye doctor way back at uh, Walmart had. He had on his face, and he looked at me. He looked. He actually looked at me. He looked, looked at it, and looked back at me. And his whole, just whole, 
demeanor changed. Like, he was just like, uh, you know, this and that. I'm going to make sure. He's like, I'm going to put in and this and that for you and, and all this stuff. And, you know, recommendation. He's like, you know, good luck. I really hope, like, you, you get this, basically. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. You can see all the scar tissues in my you can see all that, like, mm-hmm. residual from, like, the damage that was done. You can see that I'm not lying. Uh-huh. Well, it's unfortunate because there are – unfortunately for him, like, there's a lot – and you, there's a lot of people that try to screw the system, and they get it. Some people get it for just less, and there's plenty of people running around just, oh, I got it because I'm overweight, and it's like – and it's not a, an illness. It's not because of thyroids or something. It's, Oh, well, what about the, uh, the, the my back? My back is shot, but you over there looking tinderbox. <laughs> like, that's not right. What you're yeah. About. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so those, and they've been screwed too many times. So they have to really be very aggressive and and kind of just yeah dry, like you said, and just saying no, you can't get this unless you really have a problem. And you know, there's ways of proving that. And of course, you know, scars is the easiest way of proving it. Unfortunately, yeah. scar tissue and you see it. One thing I would like to see, I would really like to see like a picture of like what that like. I would like to see what what they see when they look into my eyes, because <laughs> the, every time uh-huh. someone does it that's not used to it, it uh, freaks them out. I, it must be yeah, something yeah. very scary looking because <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think it's kind of good they use these really big terms and you're just like, look, my vocabulary is pretty decent, but I don't know what any of that shit means. And then they go, well, now you're just, you know, you got a crack here and a scar here and yeah, and there's bleeding here. And you're just like, oh, okay. I think the big words are better. Explain <laughs> it that way. It's really interesting. I think the time to change, like with my condition, more people are getting it. we diagnosed with it. So I... It's, it's not with like what that. you have? Uh, with what I have, you have the intracranial hypertension. I'm starting to see more uh, people uh, with cases of it because back when I was diagnosed in, like, 2010, uh, not a lot of people, there was not a lot out there for that. Um, and there mm. wasn't many options besides, like, you know, the shunt and then the medication, which is what I'm on. Uh and that the medication that I'm on, it, it it has its own side effects. It makes you very tired. It makes you very like it's basically a diuretic. So you're constantly going to the bathroom. You have to make sure that you uh, keep your potassium up because it drains you. And like now, like after being on like that medication on and off for the last well, like ten years, uh, it does do a number on your kidneys. Um, so now I'm down to like instead of 500 milligrams of it twice a day and one 500 milligrams once a day because I had to advocate for myself to not be to not lose my kidneys. I don't need to be. I got. I, I know this sounds very dark and it's terrible to say. Like I just want to deal with the eyesight. I don't want to have other health issues on top of the eyesight. Like that. That. That in itself is like. Well, I think that's what people don't understand is that like so many other conditions that we end up having are because of our originals. And like, you know, a lot of my, you know, a lot of how people get their pressure up in their eyes, you had it in a different way, but a lot of people get it through steroid drops. 
while the steroid drops are usually to prevent some sort of, whether it's the blood vessels from, you know, getting all puffed out and, and really causing more damage. It's for scar tissue. It's for many different things. But the steroids are actually what cause a lot of people's sight to go. Um, and then, you know, like with your thing, like you had to take other medication. Like usually it's always like a downpour and something, you know, comes from that. Uh, it, it, it does. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's helping this one thing, but it's hurting something else. And if your kidneys go, your eyes don't mean shit. <laughs> they don't. Even though they have nothing to do with each other and they're far apart from each other, your kidneys go, there's really not much to live. Or you probably won't live through it. Uh, with your eyes, you know, and you can manage with no sight, even though you don't want to. <clears throat> you really, you really don't want to like. It really is interesting how, um, for me at least, uh, how I just like I added, like losing my eyesight added other things like anxiety, depression, right. um, fatigue, like all that stuff. It added to it, and again, I know a lot of it is associated with like the my condition in itself, the pseudo tumor in itself. Uh, but it just causes it to be like even more so. And like I'm trying to like work through it. You try to work through like the depression, but there's like days where you don't want to get out of bed. There are days where like not only do I not want to get out of bed, but that I can't get out of bed because. Like last right. week or two weeks ago, um, the pressure, like, that's one thing. Um, like the air pressure, the um, barometric pressure, if that's too high, if the humidity is high, that debilitates me. It feels like my head's, like, super huge. Sometimes, like, it fills the room, like, I can't lift my head up. And that that's, like, that leads to not being productive for that day. And, like, no, I can't get out of bed. Now I'm just, like anxiety ridden now i have like depression now i don't want to talk to anybody oh, yeah it's a physical it's a mental you know it's it's, many it's, reasons it's, why you don't want to get out of bed but sometimes it's one of the the other sometimes it's both and it's like i feel like it's like the one leads to the other and it's it's, it's debilitating and it's draining and it's and it's a lot and a lot of people right. don't understand that a lot of people don't see that a lot of people don't see that like I don't know. Just having this condition has taught me so much. And like right now, like I think it's it wasn't until I left work, got on disability, and I had that like, the first couple months. You're like, okay, I got I don't have to go to work. I get paid not to work, and you're just kind of mm-hmm. excited until like I like the first. I think it was like three, four months into like uh, you know being on disability, where like I've broke down and I cried I was angry and I because for years I was constantly on go 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 deal with it deal with it deal with it now I'm left with my own thoughts and at times those thoughts are not are dark and at times you don't want to share those thoughts and like unless you went through this um even with like any eye eye problem most people who even the most happiest person has went through those dark thoughts, those thoughts of just not wanting to go on. Some more than others, and but like we like, I can tell like I've been there, and I'm trying like every day to 
you know, work past that and get out of that and not be in that dark hole, not being that place. But like sometimes like every day you're reminded that you don't have your eyesight. And um, right. I, I don't know. Like, one thing that I wanted to ask you, and I'm sure I asked you this before is, do you think that things would have been different for you if you had uh, lost your eyesight, like a lot of it in your 20s like I did? Because like, I don't know if it would be easier for me if like I was like a kid and lost it than being a young adult who wants to drive, who wants to do all this stuff and then lose it. No, it's hard. You you had it harder in that in that area. I when you're a kid, you don't understand any of it. So you you're in pain, you're lonely, you're sad, and all that shit. But in general, like it's just one of those things where it's just like you're already function you're functional, like you're have the brain capacity to understand everything that's going on. Um, you know what anxiety and depression is. You know you know when someone says, hey you know, the pressure is up in your eyes and this and this is happening. You're happy with this in your back and that, like, you know all that. Like, you might not know exactly every little thing because it's medical jargon, but in general, you know exactly what's about to happen. Whereas with me, yeah, skin falling off of you is never good for anyone. Um, but everything that was happening to me, I didn't understand any of it. Um, and I could almost trick myself into other things. Like I said, I was like with my toys and uh, music and all that. And, and I just kind of went into this numb state of like trance of just being able to get through it. Now that would have happened to me. Not if it, if it never happened to me, my anxiety would be through the fucking roof and panic attacks would be on top of it. And God knows what else. And who knows if I'd even been able to survive it. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, yes, I'm stronger than I was when I was a kid, I guess, but I guess I wasn't a very weak kid either. So, um, so yeah, no, I think you had it harder in that area because and you know everything, and you know very little. Like when I was a kid, it's, it's I don't think it's much of a, in my it's my opinion, I think it's much of a, I don't think it's much of a contest, because like I said, you really go through the ringer mentally, um, and that's one of the hardest parts. I mean, the physical pain is physical pain, and, you know, but the mental part of it is, you know, if you aren't mentally prepared to want to fight something, especially if it's something like cancer or something on that level, if you're not mentally prepared to fight it, you're going to die because you just, you don't want to do it. And your body just settles down and just goes, Oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. Um, so when, when it comes to the eye stuff, if you don't mentally want to get out of bed and you don't mentally want to get surgeries and do all these things, you're not going to do it. And you're not going to get the surgeries and time is going to pass and you've got, your eyes are gone and you know, um, but as a kid, you also, you don't have the ability to have a say. Your parents direct that. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a whole different life. Like your mom can suggest things, but you're in your 20s. The doctor's going to take your, uh, unless you're just like mentally, some sort of mentally handicapped or, um, you know, you're just whatever. You have some sort of addiction or something. You're just not all there. Then, yeah, sure. But you know what I mean? So. Yeah, no, I definitely think you had it a lot harder in that way. But you also have to have, like, a good support circle. Um, I guess, like, having a, a pretty good um, – I know it's cheesy, but it's so true. If you surround yourself with people who are there for you, um, it does help you. If you have people who yeah, will be, yeah. like, to check on you and be like, hey, how are you doing? 
or um, hey, the get only up reason why I'm still alive. Hey, get up! Yes. Um, hey, get up! You you have to get up, or no, you're not laying here any longer. You're getting up. Like you're getting out of bed and stuff like that. But like it's it, it's it's interesting because you have people that are going to be different groups of people. You're going to have the people who are there for you, who are like, hey, they're going to fight for you. They're going to they're going to call you out on your shit, your uh, stuff, basically. Um, if you're just if they feel that you're like falling um right. and you need those people you need the people who are not going to sugarcoat things for you who are not going to no matter how much you want them to and i say yeah that sounds like I somebody i know <laughs> even though <laughs> i get mad uh and i don't and like i don't want to hear some of the stuff you say but like at the same time you will sit there and basically tell me you got to do this. You're not going to sugarcoat it. And you're not being, you're not doing it in a in a malicious way. You just want to put that out there. It's never in a malicious way. It's in a, hey, you can do this. You got to get up kind of way. Then you're going to have the people who are going to baby you. And you don't want those people because you don't want yeah. enablers. Like it's a good sometimes to an extent you might need that um, gentleness. But I always tell you but though, you know, because like you, you can't have nothing. Like if you just get tough love, that's not good either. And I always tell you it's out of love. Like, I care about you, so I don't want you to just sit around. Because the reality is, I get it. I understand why you want to be that way. I still want to be that way. I'm 32, and it's just like, you know, my grandma will bitch at me because I don't want to clean my apartment. It's like, look, man, mentally, I just don't want to do anything. Just be happy I go to work and I pay my bills. Because right now, it's either throw myself out this window or lay in bed and just kind of calm myself down and not worry about the trash. Yeah, it'll get done. It just won't get done when you tell me I should do it. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things, you know, I, mean, I live on my own, so it doesn't matter anyway. But, you know, I don't want it to go to shit. But it's like, you know, you need people who actually care about you and can just bring you back. Yeah. And bring you, yeah. And bring you back to reality and just say, look, like, come on, let's get out of bed again. You can do it in many ways. But as long as the other person knows it's out of love and that you care about them, you know, we tease each other all the time, and it's like, yeah, I don't take anything personal because I know you care. So it is what it is. But when, you know, when people are just like, oh, it's going to be okay, and they don't understand shit, you just immediately just brush them off and go, ugh, fuck them. Um, and then, you know, and again, if someone is just constantly hounding you all the time and it's not ever just, like, settling down and actually trying to come down to your level and just go like, oh, yeah, I understand. Like, this is sucks. Because sometimes... No matter how much I say or anyone says, if you're going through something that's so traumatic, what the fuck am I supposed to say to you that's positive, that's supposed to, or, or negative anyway, just to try to get you out of it? I just need to just be there and talk to you and just hopefully, you know, that settles you down. <clears throat> I always think it's easier to talk to people who have been through stuff because they right. know, they usually know what to say. Because if someone's never experienced, isn't it, even if you don't have the same condition, it could be someone who's lost a limb or anything, but they've been through that dark place, they've been there, and to sit, and they, those are usually the best people to talk to, the people who have lived, in a sense, who have lived through trauma and and, and whatnot. Uh, those are always the best people to talk to because they're they can relate to you on a whole other yeah. level. Than someone who's never had to fight or 
deal with any Or at least not on our level. Yes. I think everybody has to fight for something, but, you know, fighting for a relationship to stay alive or fighting for your actual physical life is two different things. Um, Yes. You know, like even women fight for pregnancy and all that. But, you know, regardless, even though that's a traumatic thing, you knew going into that how that was going to play out. And whether you survive is a different story, but most women survive. So, um, but in general, like these hard, you know, traumatic things that happen to people that severely scar them mentally, physically, whatever, it's, it's way harder to go through. Um, people always use the term PTSD for just like veterans and all that, but it's like, no, man, like there's so many forms of that. Uh, people are constantly walking around with some sort of PTSD from their life, uh, whether it's like molestation or a disorder or something. Uh, and that's why I say, like I've said, maybe I haven't said it to you, I don't know. But, like, I really, you know, I'm not religious, and you're a lot more religious than I am, but, you know, we actually were pretty meant to meet each other because we met each other at a time where, you know, you were struggling with your eyes, and I was just struggling with my depression. Um, you know, I, that was the time I had lost Lori, and just I didn't have a lot of people in my life at that time, and I was just kind of digging my way out of this dark funk I was in. Uh, and then you, like I said, with your eyes, and everything else that was happening to you was all kind of coming together. It was just like we met, and it was just like, ah, we were having fun. Uh, it's so, really you know, funny because, like, I don't know if you'll say this at the intro, how we met. <laughs> but I'm not no, going well, to well, yeah. detail. But, like, no, no, I got <laughs> it's funny how how we met and stuff like that. And, like, I'll, I'll say this because, like, I think I, my boyfriend knows. Like, so we met, like, on, like, a dating I don't know if you're okay with this like we met on a dating site so it's really interesting like on like OKC I told people I shit myself in school (laughs) you could say I met you on a dating site (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I just oh gosh I'm sorry go ahead yes you can say whatever you want about me I'm protecting Um, you you don't have to protect me oh my gosh I can't gosh uh, so like we went on like OKC and I remember like you know how they do those like stupid quizzes? Do you remember like, like that quiz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how we had oh, like yeah, ninety dollars? Okay, <laughs> yeah, OKC. Yeah, like, it was like first. I'm like, it, it's so like it's so funny because it's just like we're I want to say we're too compatible. Like it's it's one of those things right. where like you know you're compatible with someone but you're too compatible like where it's like it would just be crash, burn, fire type of situation because you're too yeah. compatible. Like you like and it's so funny because like of how our friendship even like um I don't know, last year when I like had you fill out that um what was it, a personality thing to see like what was your uh yeah, personality yeah. and we had like the same thing and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this and <laughs> <laughs> it was so frustrating. It was like really <laughs> it was way too um, close, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, and it, just, it makes me think because, like, on one hand, we're we're the same, but we're not. But it's just like I'm like, what inside way. of me? Yeah, I was like, what yeah. inside of me is similar to Tejan? Like, <laughs> what, what? Like, it is. It's really funny. Like, it's just easy to like think about that. Like, gosh. Like, well, I think I brought it back around to you. Like, every time we would do those like weird scenario type things we would do. And then I would be like halfway through it. And then you would say how crazy I am. And then you would start adding to it. And then you, I just go like, see, this is why you're as crazy as me because you're doing what I'm doing, but you just shit on me for doing it. 
<laughs> and it's like, see, we're very similar. And, and I remember when we were looking up the compatible, we went back like years later and looked up what we weren't compatible in. And it was like the most nonsensical, like whatever, like types of TV we liked or whatever it was. And it was so like, who gives a shit? But every like major category was like, yep, exactly. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, what? Uh, yeah, and, and we never put each other in like the friend zone type of thing. We just we just kind of just understood it. It was just like a thing. We're like, yeah, this is just, we're just good friends. But the friends, like the interesting thing is like, um, I'm sure you're going to wrap it up soon, is I just want to say this. He like actually like my boyfriend that I'm with now. Um, he actually encouraged me to like uh, to go <laughs> I didn't out know with him. Tell this part. Yeah, yeah. He actually encouraged me like to like go to the wow with him, and I'm like, you know, I think like honestly, I have so much advice and suggestions you give me. Like that was one of the best things. I'm still with him like six years in, and that was like one of like the most helpful things that you suggested or recommended or oh, whatever advice. There I knew go. you. Yeah. I mean, I knew you, like I knew I was still mentally broken trying to fix my shit. And I knew, you know, we, you know, what I haven't told people is that we have never met technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will. And it's a lot like the Lori situation, except, you know, you're around and, but you know, and it made it a lot longer, but you know, I, I mean, not being able to drive, and it's just like, I didn't want to do that complicated shit again. And then I just wanted you to be happy because I, you know, even when I wasn't fully happy with myself, I had nothing to do with you. And I was just like, I just wanted you to find somebody and you were just talking to people and then you were trying to kind of compare them to me. And I'm just like, look, I'm, I'm a fucking psycho. Like, you're not going to find many people like me. So I love you I for trying to do that. But... It was look in the mirror if I wanted someone like you. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and uh, I always say you're the white version of me and I'm the black version of you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, no, you're, you, and it was just like, yeah, like I just wanted you to be happy. And you were so just like, ah, I ain't talking to people. And then you're like, you're like, there's this one guy. And I'm like, just fucking go out with him and see how he's like. And then, you know, how many years later is this now? Six. Six. Yeah. Yeah, which feels like it really has only been like three. But, yeah. Um but that's the thing, like, you know, and it's not just to pat myself on the back or any of that shit. But, like, if you don't have friends that can, like, look past that kind of shit and just go, like, yeah, like, go fucking be happy. Like, get it. Like, you do what you want to do. Don't worry about me. We're going to be friends regardless. I'm not going to be jealous. I'm, I'd rather you be happy. And, you know, I can't, I don't remember if there was any jealousy or anything. I don't, yeah, I don't think there was. Because I just wanted you to just do what you want to uh, do what's best for you. Yeah, I knew it was going to take some time away from me, but like I said, I'm not I'm not a, you know, controlling person and I'd rather just the people around me are happy because even if I'm lonely and depressed, you know, it, it makes me it makes me uh it helps me to sleep at night when people I care about actually are happy. Um because when they're not, you know, like when you texted me whatever it was a month ago with what was going on with your eyes, you know, I was super depressed about it. Because one, it's personal, because you're someone I care about. Two, personal because of you know me and my eye troubles, and it's just three, and it just sucks all around. So, um, but yeah, like I said, you need those kind of people in your life, um, and that's why I said I think we were meant to meet each other because we met each other at a time when we both needed something else. 
even if it was a distraction from our own shit and then we kind of turned it into what it turned into, um, you know, we definitely need each other for the things we need each other for. Now it's just, you know, we need each other just to keep each other on the right track and, you know, have someone that's to help support you through your things. You know, like I said, you listen to my podcast and all that and you're on it and things like that. So it's always nice just to have those people there so you can get through those terrible days that both you and I have gone through. No, I'm like and happy continue to go especially with the podcast. Like I'm, I'm like I'm sure I've said it at some point and I'm not saying that just because I'm on here or whatever. But no, I'm like I'm really proud that you are doing this. because like, it needs like it needs to be done. And like people need to get their stories out there and in and in a sense it's like like right now that like I feel after like saying all this, like I actually feel like a weak it's off my shoulder and just getting it out there. I feel less stressed. Yeah, of course. Like I said, if, even if you think about this, like this kind of started off as just like, oh, we're trying to figure this out. And I just, I didn't even write any questions that would be. I'm just like, I knew it would just figure itself out because we have that kind of chemistry. and We just kind of have our rants and our conversations, but we never went off topic. And I threw my questions in and we got through it. Uh, you want to tell people what your spirit animal is? <laughs> a koala. Yeah. <laughs> I'll explain that in the intro, but basically I just we I gave her an animal and told her what she's kind of like and somehow it actually came to fruition down the line. <laughs> so sleep all day. <laughs> Wake up uh, just <laughs> just to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you always want to eat. Yeah. It's uh, great, know. but yeah, I guess um, you know I love you. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm thank you for doing it. Um, like I said, if anything else you want to say, you can say it. No, I think I think I've said everything. I haven't. I don't have anything to um to add except for um I'm sure like everyone knows this, but like just one thing I want to stress and that I wish that I uh could go back and tell my younger self when this all started is is don't wait if you notice anything wrong that's not norm, like that's out of the norm for you like health wise is do not wait don't put it off because you don't have insurance you can always pay the bill um later and like i always wonder if like i would have more eyes like better eyesight or more sight had i not put it off and put it aside and figured oh i don't have insurance um i can't afford to go see a doctor or go see anything that's one thing that i want to stress is um that like if you notice anything it's like off with your eyes or anything in general it's better to be it's better to be one of those people that worry about every little thing as far as like health wise than to just completely be ignorant to oh something hurts i'm just gonna let it go Um, i'm not saying it's good to be either one but it's way better to just constantly go to the doctor and try to figure out what's wrong because you might get to the problem and you might actually save your life than actually just sitting oh. around, just go, ah, who cares? Yeah. Oh, and I'm don't leak, be afraid to get head. a... Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, don't be afraid <laughs> to get a... And also, don't be afraid to get, like, a second or third opinion because um, when you go to, the, like, the first couple times, like, I just took what the, the ER doctors said, like, that I had just neck pain and strain and stuff like that, and just they just doped me up on them. 
narcotics. Um, I wish that I kind of would have went to get a second opinion or sooner, but hey, you live and you learn. Well, I think you're trying to go for the record for the longest episode. <laughs> no, you cut this down. You I'll cut, cut it some down. of it, but I can, there's only so much I can cut. Um, it'll be, I think it'll be a little under Sophia's, but not by much. Uh, but yeah, like I said, well, you know, I love you. I'm, thank you for doing it. Tell Mama I said hello. Hello. But uh, okay. yeah, I'll let you know how it comes out. Okay, so let me know. That's fine. Yep. All right, bye. Boy.